kicking off season four with a bang. We have shared stories, testimonies, and news of gospel artists, musicians, songwriters, promoters, and announcers. We would like to continue the mission of sharing great news through gospel music and its gold. There will be more shows giving tribute and accolades to pioneers and those who have left legacies of ministry through song. I hope you, the listening audience, enjoy the conversations of my guests and show your support by purchasing their music and or reaching out to them, letting them know they are appreciated. Love is not just a word, but an action. So let's all take part in sharing love to those who are in the ministry of music, spreading the gospel in song. We hope to continue bringing exciting shows and growing our knowledge in gospel music and its gold to the music genre as a whole. Welcome to Let's Talk Gospel Music Gold. I have been afforded the opportunity to become a co-author on If We Can Do It, You Can Too. To order your copy of the book for a $10 love offering, I will include free shipping. Please contact me at let's talk to gmg at gmail.com. That's let's talk, the number two, gmg at gmail.com. Thank you. With me today is Elder Terrence T.J. Haynes, who is the founder of the Voices of Praise, which is a community choir with members from the Connecticut and Massachusetts area. They have been serving the community in music ministry for 17 years. It is the mandate of VOP to spread the good news of Jesus Christ, giving God all the glory and working in excellence without excuse. VOP has been blessed to travel extensively across the United States. They've also been blessed to minister on the stage of the Gospel Music Workshop of America four times and the Eddie Awards twice. The Voices of Praise put out two singles, when I See Jesus, featuring Overseer Gwen S. Haynes, and For the Lord is Great, which was accepted and published in the National GMWA Women of Worship Songbook. VOP was nominated in two categories of the Eddie Awards in 2022, and Elder Haynes was also given the Director's Honor by the Eddie Awards. VOP was nominated in five categories of Rhythm of Gospel Awards, and they were selected to appear in the Whitney Houston movie, I Want to Dance with Somebody, and appeared in the HBO Max series, Julia Child's Season 2, Episode 3, in November 2023. Welcome to Let's Talk Gospel Music Gold. Hey! Terrence, how are you? 
Good morning or afternoon. I'm wonderful. How are you? I'm doing just fine. And for those who are not familiar with you, tell us more about Elder Terrence Hayes. Oh, well, I am, like you said, right from right here in Springfield, Massachusetts, um, which is not that far from Connecticut. So my choir takes care of both areas. But uh, I am a minister um, of a church called Abundant Life Worship and Praise Tabernacle, where my mother is the pastor. So I'm a PK. And um, we are just like, I'm just excited to be a part of it. I'm just like, happy to be doing God's work and uh, um, be able to work in the field that I love to do, which is gospel music. That is wonderful. Now, I'm going to ask you to tell how you got started in music. Uh, well, I've been doing music all of my life. Um, it really is based from my mother, who was a choir director from a young age up until she moved to Massachusetts from Danville, Virginia to Massachusetts. And so I was singing the choir as a kid. My first solo was um, something a song called... Um, don't give up, do the best you can. I think I was about eight years old when I did that song with myself and my brother. Um, and I started directing my first choir though at the about the age of 14. I joined the community choir that we had in our city coming from um, Baptist. We had our United State, you know, our state convention and they asked all the churches to come together and make a state choir. And so we did called the Western Massachusetts District Choir. And when I started with that choir, I was 12. My mother was singing it. It was only supposed to be together one time. About 150 people got together to sing in this um, choir. But the choir took off so well, they decided to keep it together. So make a long story short, around the time I was about 15 or so, I was a church kid. So we couldn't do a whole lot of stuff. We could go to church. We could you know, go to the programs and then go home and do your homework. There was no partying and hanging out with your friends and all that stuff that everybody else could do. We was just church. So about 15, I think we had a concert on a Wednesday night at this college called Western New England College. And our normal choir director could not make it. So we were singing and our musician, David Marshall Jackson, uh, who has passed at this time. Uh, he was starting to direct the choir from one of those panels that had the stand tops, wasn't grand. And so he had been standing up all night. So we got to a song that I was familiar with. I was on the front row. So I remember kind of signaling to him saying, do you want me to help and direct? And so he um, told me he nodded his hand. So I went on direct to the choir and um, it went over really well. The choir was excited. Um, and the people in the audience were shouting, this kid was a direct choir. So it was great and someone was all over. Um, he came and he was talking to everybody. And he was like, you did an excellent job, everything else that he said, but I didn't know you were there with the choir. He said, I thought she was asking to go get the tambourine <laughs> off the front row. So he said, I was not to tell you to go get that. But he never told me, no, he never hit it, but I'm glad I didn't stop you. Because you didn't. So that's how I really got started directing the choir um, in that order. And it kind of, the rest just kind of went from there. <laughs> well, isn't that an interesting story? <laughs> See, that's what I say about sign language. <laughs> yeah. People do a sign language in church. You got to know what they're saying. What, what are you saying? You got to know what they're talking about, right? <laughs> Thought you was going yes. to get the tambourine. You got one, all right. Yes, because it was right on the front where we were sitting, and we didn't have no drummer that night. So he said, and there was an upbeat song. So he thought I was going to try to keep the beat. So he's like, "Yes, go get it." And sure enough, uh, when I was when I stood up, I turned around, and started directing the choir. But he he went ahead. He said, "I, you know, I just knew that you could do it." So he went ahead and let me do it. 
Well, that is and it. Then, that was that start. That's some good encouragement because he could have told you to go somewhere and sit down. <laughs> yes, he could have. Yes, he could have. Or what are you doing? It's everything. So, <laughs> so it, and well, he saw something in you that you didn't see in yourself, and he probably was like, yeah. "Oh, okay. Well, let's go on with it." And that is, yes, yes. To me, that's great encouragement because uh, you have adults that do reprimand young people when they do something that they think they should not do. And when you get that, so you get that, that's when you started getting that. And then did you start taking uh, director's classes? Did he start training you in that? Yes, he did. He did. He started the training and started working with us. And then I was already taking music lessons from um, actually the first lady who gave me the soul, which I talked about, um, which was our former first lady, Mrs. Josephine Fulo. So I was taking music lessons with her. But I still had never directed the choir thing because I... As much as I do, a lot of people don't realize that I am terribly shy. So it took a lot for me to do stuff. So I never really pushed myself to the front. You know, if you ask me, fine, I'll make it. But other than that, I'll just stay in my lane. Uh, but after that, he did. He did work with us. He let me direct the choir multiple times. And it pretty much is what kick-started my whole music career, as you would say, up to this point. It was with him. Okay. And you teach parts as well? Yes. Yes. I teach parts both and I sing them. So, yes. Okay. All right. Now you just all round. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a good thing because some people say that uh, the directors don't teach the parts, the musicians teach the teaches the parts. And then others, you know, you've I'm sure you've heard that uh, discussion. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll call it a discussion because sometimes people get a, a little heated about it because they say, well, the musicians shouldn't be the ones teaching the parts. It should be the directors and vice versa. So, yeah, but well, you know, growing up here, um, I, first of all, I'm going to say that I definitely think directors, if you're going to be a choir director, you ought to be able to do that. That's my, that's just my personal opinion. But growing up here where I'm at, the musicians were the ones who did all the teaching. Mm. Um, they taught the choir stuff. The director, once they finished teaching, then they would usually bring the director up to, you know, kind of mold it and um, fine tune it and clean it up and everything prepare for it to go. But it was always a uh, musician and minister of music at the church, um, yeah. which was the musician at the time to see the teaching. But we're in a different time right now. And the musicians and choir directors' roles are kind of uh, different. You know, at that time, choir musicians really took pride into their skill you know, which made that they didn't just play for money they played so that and they did what they did to learn their parts not only on the uh, instrument but to teach the parts so they were able to do that now if you put that task or that job in front of a lot of musicians it won't get done properly because a lot of them don't some of them can barely play really they can play <laughs> just enough to get through what they're doing or if they can't and play really well they can't teach so and it, and it is a skill to teach just because you can sing i mean you can teach because it takes a whole lot uh mm -hmm. to teach not just knowing the part having the patience to keep going over it repetitively continuously over and over to everyone gets it and, and what skills to use to help people learn the part so it's, it's, it's interesting but um back to your question is yes musicians at one time were the main teacher but now it's not like there's a lot of times now most churches do the choir director is now technically the minister of music and the musician is just that, the musician. Okay. And with that, I do know that when you're in 
kind of elaborate a little bit more on when you talk about teaching the parts, because you have to learn it, hear it, then turn around and teach it and make sure that they're singing the correct note. Because when you bring in the rest of the choir, if one section is not singing it correctly, mm-hmm. <laughs> so talk more about that. Yeah. And well, that's very true, especially the altos. Everyone, everyone right now, alto is like that popular section. Everybody wants to be an alto, but they don't realize that alto is what carries the harmony. Um, and so, yes, it is very difficult. They, they go off and don't get that minor chord or seven, eight, the way it needs to be. It can change the the harmony of the song. But in teaching, for I know I use it for myself. I usually listen to the song. I listen to it and I first find out or try to figure out if this song is even something that my singers can go ahead and produce in mm-hmm. excellence. Because a lot of times, a lot of choir directors are singing songs that sound good or they're popular, but they're not necessarily songs that their singers can handle or that their singers can um, pull over. So I don't teach songs just because of I teach songs that I know that my choir can do and execute well. So that's the first thing I do. Then I, then I pray about it, you know, it's like, you know, just because I like the song doesn't mean this is a song for my choir. And then once I, you know, feel in my spirit that this is it, I make sure that I learn each part. And then I got to think about also too, okay, now that I know that we can sing it, can we keep it in this key? Do mm. we need to change the key? Mm. Because, you know, a lot of choirs now, every every choir in in certain times, decades, whatever, go through fast. Our fad right now in gospel choir music is everyone wants to sing high. So we know that the choir key, famous key is A flat. But most choirs are way above this. So you got to find out, can my choir even sing this song or do I need to drop the key? Mm-hmm. You know, so once you figure all that out, is then all and all those questions really come from how well you know your singers. Are you trying to make them into something that they're just not? Or are you working with what you have and then fine-tuning that? So I like to work with what I have and fine-tune what I got. So that's what I do. And then once I do get that part, then yes, I take time and I teach the parts. And then the other trick about teaching too is you got to realize is the song something that's worthy and it's going to take a couple of weeks or is this a song that they can actually pick up in a rehearsal or two mm-hmm. and that's another part because a lot of times when we have special events coming on we cram all this new music to teach our choirs but it's not something realistically that they should be able to do i know for me if i want my choir to have something down solid i need to start up a little bit early to make sure that they have it within their spirit inside out. It doesn't matter how great I know it. It mm-hmm. matters how great they know it. Because the better they know it, the better they'll sing it. Right, right. So, <laughs> so you, know, I you know, I'm so glad that you went there because it has been, uh, it's, people sometimes don't understand, those that don't sing, they don't understand that songs are selected for specific reasons. And when you're asked to do something out of your range, I'll just use this for example. I was, uh, I call myself a funeral singer because I've retired from singing. (laughs) Sometimes uh, at my home, my previous church, uh, they'll call me and ask me to sing at a funeral. And I'm like, okay, fine. So one family asked me to sing a song that was totally not within my range. And I was like, do you really want me to sing? And they were like, oh, well, we really enjoy that song. But the deacon at the church blows that song out of the water. I'm an alto. And sure, I could probably sing it in a tenor key. That's not my comfortable key, (laughs) comfortable range. Mm -hmm. But 
I kept trying and trying that song. And I was like, this song is really not me. So when I got to the service, I said, you know, I really could not get that song. I said, why don't you get the deacon to sing the song? And I'll just be in there. We, we still want you to sing. So I got up to sing, but I did not sing the song that they asked me to sing. Yeah. And mm -hmm. afterwards, one of the sisters asked me, well, why did you? Do? And I said, I really could not embarrass myself like that and try and sing a song out of the range. And that's the same thing with choirs. Sometimes people forget that their choirs have a specific range. And if you push them too far, you'll take them out of the range where they can minister well because they're so concentrated on, am I singing this right? Am I doing this right? Do I have the lyrics correct? And that you and and you hit on that. You know, if you have something, uh, you have to think about the content of the lyrics in addition to the content of the message that you want to get across when you sing. So. I I like that you said that, and and maybe a young director who was coming along, and they're like, I can't get these people to sing. Well, maybe you should try to listen to what they sing, how they sing, and then develop mm -hmm. a sound around that, as opposed to trying to force them to sing like somebody else. Yeah, it's very important too that. Especially for a choir, choirs hold a different description other than maybe a group or a choral. When you think about a choir, you think about somebody who is versatile. I've never, I didn't grow up with choirs with just one sound. So I make sure that I don't do that. You know, we should be able to sing an anthem, a gospel, something traditional, and something contemporary. And if you are in the mode of teaching all those different variations of gospel music, you're going to find out which one they do best in. And then that's where you want to kind of want to steer that way. Like I know my choir right here, Voice of Praise, they can sing all that, but where they are strongest at is the traditional or gospel. Mm. If I give them a traditional uh, gospel song, they're going to always succeed in ministry. They're always going to be able to minister to people and the people are going to receive what it is they're just saying because they, they are singing with such strong feeling. If I go too far to the left with my contemporary, I might start to lose them a little bit. <laughs> Um, so, but you don't, it is, like you have to really um, just know your people, as you mm -hmm. just said, just know your people, know your choir, and know your audience, too, because sometimes it's not even about the the, the choir singing, as part, because a lot of people still don't know how to sing and minister without feeling the support of people. Mm. That's a very hard thing. A lot of people feed off of the people of the room, the atmosphere that they're in and so if you're singing music that the people that you're singing to are trying to minister to cannot receive or accept and your singers can feel that and know that that's also going to be a hindrance to their performance their ministry they're singing because they are they're knowing that they're singing something that the house is not receiving mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay well that is good and, and well like you said that ab about that too is that you have to also think about your choir members and what touches them and reaches them. You can't just throw a, a simple song out to someone who just not, they're not feeling it. <laughs> you know, <Yeah>. we're human, <laughs> we're human. We know how people come to rehearsal and most uh, choir directors, most uh, ministers of music, they tell people, leave your troubles at the door and blah, blah, blah. But sometimes that's really hard for people to do. And then when you want yeah, them to stand up and minister through song and they going through 
you know, they just got out of a car wreck and they got there and uh, just by the grace of God, they just got a hole in their stockings and, you know, getting up there and they trying to sing and minister and they thinking about how am I going to get home? Mm -hmm. you're right you're absolutely right how i'm gonna get my car fixed <laughs> something mm -hmm. like that so that is that's good too and how do you get in tuned with your uh with your choir members uh individually and as a group well i i make it a point first of all i've always made a point to let my choir know that yes we're choir yes we come together and sing but we're a family we care for one another. We take care of one another. We look out for one another. If you're in trouble, we got your back. If you're in need of something, we will make sure you have it. Um, and, so, and that's the atmosphere that I put there within my choir. And then I make sure that I check on them all constantly. Um, you know, how are you doing? Especially if I know one is sick or having bereavement or something's going on, I make sure I reach out to them. And what you need, and I don't just reach out to them, but I show up. Um, okay. Because that's another thing too. A lot of people sometimes you know we we do all the messaging and talking but some people just need to see you they need to know that you're actually there so you know did you come to my loved one's funeral or, or did you come and check on me did you bring me some groceries and stuff and that's what we do you know uh especially we really got to get closer where a lot of choir members uh, or choir ministries kind of separated during the, the pandemic we got closer during the pandemic because mm. uh, a lot of my choir members that they um and then with COVID or whatever, we would take them groceries, make mm -hmm. sure they have everything they needed, um, the water and stuff like that. And then on Monday nights, what we were doing, especially for my senior members who couldn't get out, what we would do is every Monday night, which was our normal rehearsal night, we would do a thing called Ministry on the Move, where we would go every choir and we'd get cards and flowers over there. And we would go to about two or three different people's houses every Monday mm. and go up there and be out there in front of their hearts. And we would sing and pray with them and give them the cards and just it wouldn't be no longer than like sometimes a 10 15 visit but it would bring so much love and joy and happiness to the members or even the people that we were going to see mm -hmm. um so i just think that one way to keep the choir going is to conduct ministry within your choir don't just be a choir that sings if you all you're doing is just coming together to sing it's not going to work and mm -hmm. then and another thing that we do too is I make sure we have fellowship together because I told them, you need to know the people that you're with. You know, you can't, you shouldn't just be standing next to this lady all the time. All the time you see her or him is at rehearsal. You mm -hmm. just barely know their first name. Know who the people that you're with. So that way we can discern each other's spirits and know when something's not going on, where somebody's having trouble because we're there and we know each other well enough to do that. So it's, it's um, definitely a dynamic to it, but I definitely think caring. Mm -hmm. makes a big difference when you go past the point of just singing and actually care about your people yeah that is uh always a wonderful thing when you when you see that and you feel that that's something that is missing in some like when you you have a, a smaller group and people go there different ways they're just going to come together sing uh and once the singing is over everybody just scatter and not communicate and one of the great things of singing in a choir was camaraderie and being able mm -hmm. to fellowship, like you said, fellowship and talk to. And you never know, you know, I've, I've been hearing a lot about people and it's it's trickling to the younger people where they talk about depression and that they feel lonely or alone. And especially in the, the type of environment that we're in now, as far as uh, what COVID did and 
kind of pushing people. So it sounds great that you have people that are willing to go out and to fellowship, even though you're not able to do a group ga full group gathering uh, like you generally would have, because it helps to build them and gives them the, how can I say, the emotion that someone cares about me. We're in this ministry together, but I'm not in it alone. Someone cares about me. Someone is helping me through my trials and tribulations. And why can't I go and help others through their trials and tribulations by going through that? I think that is great to be able to have people to, that say, okay, we're on this together. We know that song, mm -hmm. I'm on the battlefield. Okay, you're on the battlefield, but you're <laughs> not by yourself. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. You're right. And sometimes people feel feel that way. Now, I'm going to yeah. ask you about, and I think this is your motto, about excellence. Where did you get that? Your excellence without excuse. Where did you get that? Is that your motto, first of all? Is that? It is. It is. <laughs> and I, <laughs> and my choir member sometimes repeat it back to me. Like, we know who you are. Um, I just believe that whatever you do, especially when you're doing it for God, you want to give it your absolute best. I don't believe in half-stepping. I don't believe in... And one thing that we do in gospel music, unfortunately, a lot of people is we we learn enough or we do enough to get by. I don't mm -hmm. want to just get by when it comes to ministry or to, uh, with God's ministry or God's word or uh, sharing it with other people. I want to make sure that we're always presenting him in the best light, uh, which means that I even, you know, I do those things like I tell quite, it doesn't matter what engagement we have, whether we're traveling um, across, you know, the states to go sing in a concert that has 2,000 plus people or going to the church down the road that has 50. I'm going to make sure that we always give a presentation of excellence, give a, pre a presentation of our best quality um, to show God in the best light um, to people when we go sing. Because I just think that's important. And I, and I feel like when people are inviting you, they they're inviting you because they they see something. There's something there that they want from you the, to bring to them. They don't want you to come with them because they only have 50 people. You're not going to do the same thing you would do for them that you would do for a church that's got thousands. It doesn't work that way. Um, so in rehearsals and our engagements, I expect the very best from everyone. And I, you know, I always encourage people to give their best, and I push that to my choir members so they they have the same mindset as, as I do. And one way to to achieve uh, excellence is to make sure that you have everybody on the same vision as yours. Because mm -hmm. if they're not on this, if they're not in the vision, if they don't share that vision, that love with you, then they'll just give you whatever they want, <laughs> and yeah. we can't work. We won't get to go anywhere with that. So we have to always want to work and do our very best, you know. And I and I and some of that lots of that falls on me sometimes. I know sometimes when we do concerts, I can look at my singers and say, or I can hear them and say, okay. You know, maybe they ask for eight songs tonight, but we're only gonna give them six. No, now and I'll tell them this this is what they this is where we are at. Let's give them two good hot numbers, and then I I'll follow up. I need you to give me your all in those two. I don't go past the limit. I work them. It's, and so it's just, a, it's just a bunch of different things. But yes, that's my motto. I believe excellent, not just in our vocals, but in our appearance as well. Because I always say a lot of people that's a big thing with church. It can go into a discussion as you said earlier, but. I just believe people see you before they hear you. Mm -hmm. And if what they see is a, such a distraction that they can't hear you, then the ministry has just failed mm -hmm. because people have no longer 
have the mindset to listen to you because they're still talking, talking about what you got on. <laughs> so we need to make sure that we're presenting everything in the best light. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that, you know, that it's really interesting though, that people pretend church people pretend like they don't judge you about certain things, but they do <laughs> secretly. They do. And yes, you, do. <laughs> you have to remember. And when you're in a situation where you have to do your excellence, but you come to a place where it's cold and dry and the audience looking at you like, <laughs> but you still got to push on and you still have yeah. to. And then they'll, that kind of breaks the ice in a lot of situations. Like you said, you have to look look excellent because like I said about somebody coming, having an accident and have a hole in their stocking. Well, nobody knows why that person has a hole in their stocking, but everybody's staring at that hole in their stocking until you get there and you start to minister through song and they forget about that hole in the stocking. Because I, I remember seeing things like that where people would like they oh my gosh and like you said they, they'd sit there and rather than listening to what you're singing about they're looking at what's there before them and not ministering or i'm sorry not being ministered to because they so close-minded when they get there and i like that you say give your best when you stand there give your best and that is going to break all of that other stuff that goes on in people's minds and they're like oh okay you're ministering to me you're saying something to me you are trying to talk to my spirit and i need to listen to what god is saying to me through this music yeah. and you, go ahead and you know you mentioned about the whole in the socket and it just made me think about what i do and i think leaders need to be more sensitive to that as a leader if you take the time to know your people you know who has, who doesn't have, and who have extra. So we got to plan our, our stuff that will help take care of everyone. And at the same time, still look good and not make nobody feel out or make nobody feel uncomfortable because they don't have and this, that, and other. And so I always tell, especially my ladies, bring extra stuff. Mm -hmm. especially when we're going away so if something happens we're, we're taking care of it this one we wearing black and pearls and this lady over here don't got no pearls or whatever there's always someone who has you know okay well, i got extra pearls you know look at it help each other out you know make sure everybody's on say i always tell them before we even walk out all right y'all look at each other check see is, is everybody's stuff all right is the earrings okay is the wig on backwards turn sideways you know fix each other up <laughs> don't talk about wigs in the church band. <laughs> you know I'm telling you, brothers, look at the other, the other brother's tie. Is his tie crooked? Is his collar standing up? You know, help everybody out. Make sure everybody is good going out there. And so, and because um, I push that we stay a family, everybody does that because they, I, I tell them all the time, listen, it don't matter how great you look, number one. It don't matter how great you look. If the person beside you is is not up there, it's just like house value. If your house is the house grand on the street, is is beautiful, it's clean, the yard is great, but the house beside you look a mess, it's gonna bring down your value. Mm -hmm. So we gotta make sure everybody is on point. You help. And we don't do it by fussing at them, telling them you need to get. No, no, no. You ain't got it, we're gonna make sure you have it. Okay. So that's how you do it. So yeah, if you come in here and you got a your soccer, there's bound to be another lady who got an extra pair of soccer for you to switch. And you ain't gotta worry about that. <laughs> 
and that's good because people do sometimes people even in their own group in their own family i'll i'll say family we'll we'll stop talking about the the choir for a minute in your own family they will point out your insecurities or point out something that is that they don't think is up to par but you have to remember we have to be here to support one another and that's what you're doing that's i like home. that question do you write any of your songs that you all sing Yes, I do. And um, as a matter of fact, our second single, which is For the Lord is Great, is one that I um, wrote. And praise God, it was a blessing that the Gospel Music Workshop, Women of Worship, actually took over that song, so it ended up being published in the National Music Book for them. So that was that. But then I have some others that will be coming out uh, next year that I will put all my music that I wrote. Okay, well, that is good. So how did that get nominated to get put into the Women of Worship songbook? How did that song get? Uh, well, I did it. Uh, we did the single. And when we did the single, we also made a video with it. And so, of course, we once we did the video, we did that during the pandemic. So we did a blast on social media, but we introduced it first. We ended up having to do a virtual choir anniversary. And so we presented it there. And there was um, the, the head of the women's department saw it. And she said, you know, you really ought to think about submitting that song to the convention. You know, and when you submit it, you, you got to wait and see if they like it, if they will accept it. Um, I was hesitant about it. And I think at the last minute, I um, went ahead and submitted it. And a couple of weeks later, I got a letter in the mail from them saying that they liked it and accepted it, so which I was excited about. So it was really um, wonderful. That was my first song ever. I've been going to the workshop for years. That was my first time getting enough courage to submit one of my songs and it took right away. <laughs> Would you say get enough courage? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, yeah, so. that is, and that's good. Congratulations. Yay. Thank you. Thank you. God is good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. All of the time, God is good. Now, when you got the call, because I'm sure you got a call mm -hmm. that says, we would like you to be in the Whitney Houston movie. I want to dance with somebody. How did that opportunity come about? Okay, so um, uh, once again, uh, we were you know, doing everything on social media and it was really, I guess they all got it, did it because we did that. I did another single just before they started the auditions for that. Um, and we, we revamped uh, My God is Standing By. And my mother did the lead for that. Uh, put it out on social media, YouTube, everywhere. Um, and there was a gentleman from New York, Dr. Ronnie Johnson, who heard about the auditions for the movie and sent me the information. He said, I really think you should send this, you know, for your choir. I think you're, they'll love your choir. And I said, okay, you know, we, that stuff. And I literally pushed it to the side. I did not even try. I was like, oh, no, I want to do this. He asked me again. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to take care of it. And then I think a third time he reached out to me. So I just want to make sure that you sent out everything. So he did that the third time. I was like, I took a deep breath. And I was like, okay. So if I, if I said, if I don't do it, no, I won't do it. So in that moment of messaging him, I went ahead and sent all of our stuff in. And some months went by before I heard anything. I happened to be out of town working in Birmingham for uh, music. And while I was there is when I got the call. 
Mm-hmm. They sort of that um, who they were, and they said we loved. No, I got an email. They said we loved your music. Could you please give us a call? So I called them, and it happened so fast. They were like, "Yes, we loved you all. You know, we really think that this could work." They said, "But we need you to do one more audition." And they said, "And we need it." And this day, they called me on a Thursday, and they said, "But we need it by Monday." The very following Monday that's coming up, I said, well, I'm out of town right now, so I don't get back home until Friday. I said, I can try to call and rehearse together Sunday and send up to you Monday if that's okay. They said, yeah, that's fine. They told me I need to do a rendition, my own arrangement of God, me all that great Jehovah. And so I did that when I got home. I, well, actually, while I was there, I did a live stream with all, all the choir members. And I said, I need y'all to get on. Okay, what you doing? And I talked to them, and they were all excited. I said, but everyone has to show up Sunday after church. And that's what we did. We stayed there for about two, three hours. We learned to talk, sent it in. They replied to us. We got it. Thank you. So more months went by. Didn't hear nothing, just silent. So I just kept on moving. Didn't think no more about of it. They called me in September. Mm-hmm. And I was like, uh, we just want you to know that we want to give you all the part for the movie. And I was like, oh, my God. You know, I was like, oh. Okay, okay, you know, great. What do I need to do? They said, well, we're going to be taping next month, which was October. So I had a, a month to get everybody together, everyone to get out for work and go and take it and do that. And so it happened. I didn't have time to really digest what happened to the, well, we finished the taping, honestly, because from the time I got the call to the time we went, every day almost there was something, whether the, it was a long process of what song to do, what song to Whitney Houston use to do or to church and then once we got the song let's do it this way this way that way I actually got to talk with music director uh, Ricky Minor and and we were going back and forth for how the song's gonna go then once we got the song he told me the song I taught it got the choir straight for it they changed it I had to go and change the song <laughs> only for them to go and change it back to the original song that they picked so <laughs> go back and pound that some more so it was, and then like, this is all at the same time during COVID. So I had to make sure we were practicing in an oversized church where I could brace, uh, spread the choir out mm. and space them out for safety. Um, and then we had to keep constantly get, getting COVID tests. I want to make sure no one was getting sick. And we did have to go to Boston. So we chartered a bus to do that, to get there and go. And when we went on that day, we were there all day. We left at four o'clock in the morning. Mm. And we didn't leave to come back home to 10 p.m. And mind you, it wasn't the taping was something that I have learned to get a new respect for every actor <laughs> and actress that's out there because what we went through in one day, I can only imagine what their life was like doing this every day. Um, we and we did not lip sync. We we did do our own vocals, so we recorded it that morning. And then that afternoon is when we sung to it. Our what took us so long was um, because the song was supposed to be a song that Whitney's mother, Cicely, did the directing because she was the music director. Mm-hmm. Once I got the choir recorded, she had to act like she was directing us, and that took a while because she didn't know the version of the song. So that took us a while to get that down packed with lip saying that but the experience will never be forgotten it was something that was wonderful um and they and then the biggest thing about it is they not only did they take the choir but they let me bring 41 of my singers 
okay. which is one default because usually the count is so much lower. But they let me bring 41. I did have a few that I did, didn't get in that 41, but they had a scene for extras. And so they used the, them for the extras, um, which is perfect. Uh, so everybody was able to participate. But it was just a great experience. It was a blessing. I can't believe it happened to us. You know, that's how I still say it even now um, that I can't believe this actually happened. And watching on the screen, we did a um, movie premiere before it actually came out um, at MGM here. And to see it on the screens, and it was the opening scene, it was just, um, it was a surreal moment. And okay. wow, this is this actually happened. Um, but God is good and he gets all the glory for it. Oh yeah, oh yeah. See, and then you you never know. If, he had, if you hadn't constantly gotten a reminder. <laughs> so <laughs> God was telling him to tell you yes. to get on the stick. <laughs> he was, he was, because I am slow for him that, and, and you know, it's even so, you know, sometimes we're our own worst critics. So I'm just like, ah, you know, they won't want to pick us, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But it was the complete opposite, and I know the guy was in the hand of all of it because it came as soon as we finished, and that's what they wanted. They wanted us to send them our newest um, single, and if we had any video footage, and I, and I was able to get them all the stuff that was professionally done. And so, I mean, I know that God was had made a way for this to be for our choir and it opened and it has opened all the doors for us since that mm -hmm, mm -hmm. see that and then to open the door to minister and that is that's great and wonderful i think i think it's yes. wonderful <laughs> now thank i'm going to ask you, you what do you have going on um now and how can people get in contact with you if they'd like to Oh, well, to contact me, they can get, I, probably the best way to do it is on social media, uh, whether it be through Facebook, which is Terrence Haynes, or we have our Facebook page, which is Elder Terrence Haynes and the Voices of the Praise. And they also have our Instagram page, which is uh, Voices of the Praise as well. And then, of course, my email, which is Terrence J. Haynes underscore music at Yahoo. Dot com. We do reply back, so please um, feel free to reach out to us. We love to travel and we love to sing God's praises, so contact us. We are in the process right now of getting ready for the new year coming in, and so we will be um, preparing to get another single out, which hopefully will be submitted again and we take it to gospel's workshop for the mass choir ensemble. So keep looking out for us. We will be doing some great things. That is, I think that's great. <laughs> Fantastic. And I always tell people, you know, when you have something new, if you want to come back on the show, on the podcast, let me know. <laughs> I yes, want to. I appreciate it. <laughs> I want to thank my guest, Elder Terrence Haynes, for participating in this segment on Let's Talk Gospel Music Gold. These shows are to explore, record, and raise excitement about gospel music and its gold. I hope you, the audience, enjoy this episode as much as I have. Please send me an email sharing your thoughts about this podcast segment. Also, if you have any suggestions of future guests you would like to hear on the show, send an email to let's talk to gmg at gmail.com. That's let's talk the number two gmg at gmail.com. Listen on Spotify where you can like and share or subscribe. Go ahead and subscribe to the podcast and you'll be alerted when the latest episode is published. 
Listen Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. Central Standard Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time to Let's Talk Gospel Music Gold radio show on WMRMDB Internet Radio Station, heard anywhere in the world. I am your host and Sonia saying, let's sing, let's shout and tell of the great news through Gospel Music Gold. Until the next episode, take care and God bless. This episode has been sponsored by Nelsie IT. The disaster has happened. We were all caught off guard March 2020. And in many cases, there is now a rebuilding process which must take place. How does this affect you as a church leader or a small business owner? With over 20 years of experience, we can help you create an emergency response and a business continuity plan for your church or your small business. We discuss methods of preparing for the next emergency or disaster. Here are a few things we can speak to you about for your church. How to continue communicating with your congregants without access to your physical location. How do members reach the leadership staff? What about church records? Are they safe and available? And here are a few things we will cover for a small business. Communicating with your customers and meeting their needs and or orders. Do you have a backup process to keep your business records safe? We can talk about technology, security, and record keeping. For more information, Contact us at 708-762-3587. That's 708-762-3587. And we can discuss how you can feel more comfortable in creating a emergency response plan and or a business continuity plan. Mm-hmm.